Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to the Queen of the Ring podcast. This week, I am joined by Stephanie Hardy. She just celebrated her three-year anniversary with her own podcast, Hardy Wrestling Podcast. She is the host and writer for Women's Wrestling Talk Podcast. She is a color commentator for Battle Club Pro Wrestling, Catch Magic. Y'all, Stephanie does it all. This week, we go into depth about Cody's role in the Bloodline story, Sami Zayn's role in the Bloodline story, and I know that we've talked about it before on this podcast, but it is the hottest thing happening in professional wrestling right now, so how could you not talk about it, you know? And for this week's Shoot or Boot segment, we go over Bianca Belair gear. Bianca makes her own gear, so spoiler alert, there are no boots in this segment because Bianca Belair never misses. So let's get into the episode. Hello, Stephanie. Thank you for joining me for the podcast today. Hello, (laughs) Alex. Thank you for having me on the podcast today, um, which is such a fabulous day, you know, just not only just because it's Wednesday, but because it's my third anniversary of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast, which basically kicked off everything for me in this space. And I'm just really grateful to, you know, be here on this show with you because you're one of the people I've met, you know, through this journey. And I'm just glad to be here to talk wrestling with you. This is so great. I know, I know. I remember doing your podcast, I think it was last year, right? Yeah. Last year I was on, and it was so much fun. And then I finally got to meet you at New York Comic Con, because you were in a panel at New York Comic Con. And I had Lo on the show a couple weeks ago, and you guys were also on the panel. So first of all, I do have to say, you are the best hugger in (laughs) wrestling media, Uh, I'm just going to put it out there. Probably better than Bailey. Definitely now because she's in damage control, but (laughs) controversial. That is very controversial. Oh my God. I never, I never thought I would be a, anyone would ever consider me a better hugger than her. Like Miss Ma'am was hugging people for a long time before she switched over to the dark side. And now she's not hugging anybody. So (laughs) Yeah, I think that's why she's so angry, because she's not hugging anybody anymore, and she has so much rage, so, (laughs) but I'm I'm honored that you even, you know, think that, but yeah, um, yeah, I love hugs, like, that's just something that I've always, you know, had in my life, it's just a good hug, so it's just like, anytime I see people that I have, that I have met, or even haven't had the chance to meet, I'm either going to shake your hand, or I'm going to hug you. Like, there's really no in-between. So considering, you know, we know each other, I was just like, you know what? It's hug time. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) It's hugging time, just like CM Punk, but just with love. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Lead with love. (laughs) Literally, that was the best hug, and I did not want to leave your arms. (laughs) That's so sweet. Seriously, seriously. Um, But you are celebrating three years of your podcast, I just started my podcast. Do you have any advice? How has it been going? How is it treating you? Well, when I started, it was in 2020. And that was like, 
the month before the pandemic even started. So it's different in the way that a lot of people sort of started theirs during the pandemic. I started mine like right before. Um, so it was just like, I just knew I had stuff that I wanted to say about wrestling, but I wanted to say it in a healthy way. And I felt unsure about it because first of all, a lot of the wrestling podcasts that you see are like by people who of course have worked in wrestling for a number of years and they're experts, you know, in their fields. Mm. So I was just like, well, who's going to listen to me? Because I'm just a regular girl, you know, who's just finding her way through life and just trying to figure out, you know, what's, what's really next for me, you know, in your twenties. Cause of course we go through that twenties life crisis thing. Um, but it wound up being starting the podcast and that's really what changed my life. Um, so if I could give you any, any advice since you've just started is that to always believe in your voice and that even in the moments where you don't believe, just know that on the other side of your, on the other side of your doubt and on the other side of all the hard work comes the beauty in all of it. So that's the best advice I can give, but just always believe in your voice and just know that there is beauty and blessings on the other side of all of that. Wow. What a beautiful message. Oh my gosh. I love you. You're so great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I love you too. I love you too. Oh my God. Uh, no, you're, you're absolutely right though, right? The more that you express yourself and the more that you continue to do this, you'll eventually find your voice. You know, um, I've, I've had podcasts here and there, but this is like, you know, my first podcast alone and uh, it's it's been great. And it's because of being a guest on your podcast and also Wrestling Wind Down and so many other different podcasts as well. Um, you know, it's it's refreshing to see more women in this space and in that media realm as well. So, uh, yeah, happy three years. <laughs> And thank, thank you for you coming so on, of course. Um, but let's get into the wrestling of it all. I DM'd you today and I was like, what do you want to talk about? And you said, yes, I want to talk about all the things. Mm -hmm. um, and you listen right now. The hottest story going on in professional wrestling right now is the bloodline. Cody's mix up. Cody just cut a fantastic promo on Monday Night Raw with Paul Heyman, made Paul Heyman cried. We're going into the elimination chamber uh, in two weeks, next week. And we're about to see Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn in Montreal. What are your thoughts on all of this amazing things, amazing storytelling that's happening right now? Well, I'm going to start by basically saying that I don't really think I've seen this type of layered storytelling in so long that I feel like I'm watching like something incredibly special take place in front of my eyes. Like if you had told me like three years ago or even five or 10 years ago that this guy, Roman Reigns, who was somebody that we have all historically, you know, hated or loved in certain areas, you know, who's just been so polarizing over the past couple of years because WWE had labeled him the guy, would be involved in a family drama with his real life family. <laughs> and then you have this other guy, you know, in the midst of it, exploding through it all. And then on top of that, you have Cody Rhodes, who has returned who we thought would never come back in the midst of it all. You, I would have looked at you like you're crazy. Like, there's no way. 
Mm-hmm. Like here we are in the today of things, and this is what's happening. Roman, of course, has been on top for so long. Like he's been breaking records left and right with how long he's been champion. He's had his cousins and Paul Heyman to do his bidding for him, and in some cases, even Sami Zayn. And it's just been, you know, just straight dominance all the way through. But then he's done lots of underhanded and evil things, you know, to his family in order to maintain that power and that control. And it's a story that I feel, even though a lot of people aren't really talking a whole lot about it, I feel like it's a story that a lot of people can probably relate to, even in their own families. I know it might be tap dancing between wrestling and, of course, psych, you know, psychological and emotional health, but that's just where I go sometimes. It's just like, <laughs> it's really expressing something that's very real in a lot of families. And the idea that this story is taking place is almost like over shadowing the fact that they're in the ring with each other and fight but then when they fight it's still just as good you know as the words that they speak and the things that they say to each other and this week was no different um one of the things that a lot of people have been saying on various podcasts is the fact they feel like oh people are going to turn on Cody Rhodes since he was destined to win the Royal Rumble um coming back from his injury or whatnot like he's gonna lose or people are gonna start hating him because you know he's just his face and nobody's gonna believe that and it's like when you see the promo that he cut with Paul Heyman and you see that his face is his face character is coming from an actual real place it's hard for me to understand how anybody could hate him at this point because aside from him of course avenging his father um, the late Dusty Rhodes, he's trying to go on this journey of fulfillment for himself and be the champion that he was never truly allowed to be during his first run in WWE. And that's why he left. He left to prove that he can grow and be that man. And now that he is that man, he's done all the work. He's proven now that he can stand on his own two feet and be that champion, you know, and if he has to knock down Roman Reigns and the rest of his bloodline to do it, then that's then that's just what he'll he'll do. And he's not afraid of that. But then when you have the promo that he cut with Paul Heyman, you know, and Paul Heyman, of course, has been doing his bidding with the bloodline because he's known them for years. It's just you hardly have ever seen that heartfelt side of him. And so for that to have happened with the man who's trying to gun for your meal ticket, it was just, you know, the best storytelling I've seen in like in my entire life. And I've been watching wrestling since I was four. I have never seen anything so enthralling, you know, ever. And I just don't see how anyone could hate Cody Rhodes. And but then the weirdest part about it is you have the Sami Zayn of it all. And Sammy, you know, is standing up for himself, you know, because he's not taken being beaten down by Roman Reigns the same way his other family members have. And now he wants revenge. He wants the title as well. And this is a man who's never had a chance at the main titles. Like since he's been on the main roster, he has only ever won like maybe the U.S. title or the IC title multiple times. But when it comes to the bigger titles, he's never, ever had those. So I cannot wait to see how this unfolds. Like I personally believe that they might mess around and have like a triple threat at WrestleMania or you know it just might be a thing where everything just explodes and we just have to deal with the carnage of it but either way I am just so excited about all of it and where it's going because it's just so so good it's just the layers of it it's just it just continues to to stay interesting 
it just never yeah. stops for, uh, for sure because it's probably the most compelling storyline that's happened in wwe in years and yes i i think that with people possibly turning on cody right now i think that's more of a booking issue where the you know cody was gone for a while because of his injury 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 geez i can't speak <laughs> because of his injury and he was destined to win the royal rumble but during the time that he was away sammy and the bloodline were really cooking in the kitchen you know they were really cooking up something really great with the, with their storyline and it all came together during survivor series war games and then it finally played out at the royal rumble and now that you know last week on smackdown Sami Zayn attacked roman reigns and wanted the title and then roman said you know i'm gonna give you what you want but you have to give me what you want i'm facing you at montreal at the elimination chamber i think that's where it conflicts itself because the both stories are good because there's so many people invested in it right because cody rose yes. has always 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 been a phenomenal storyteller no matter like wh where he is he is a phenomenal storyteller when he was in new japan and he was in the bullet club and it was kenny omega versus okada at i'm pretty sure it was dominion and cody came out and he was throwing the towel in for kenny like that's the storytelling that cody tells you know that's the storytelling that cody excels in and now he's bringing that to wwe where it, i think it's agreeable that wwe sometimes can lack in the storytelling department uh sometimes it's not always the case but sometimes and i think a lot of people were looking forward to cody winning the royal rumble because it was finally his moment, right? He he came out last year at WrestleMania. He cut that promo on Monday Night Raw, declaring that he has his eyes on the WWE Championship because that was something that was a part of his own lineage that he wanted to succeed in. And now Roman Reigns, you know, has both titles, but now there's this story happening with Sammy as well. So I think that's where it is with like, for us as fans, we just have to see how it plays out. I think it would be a little disappointing to see, you know, Sammy maybe, maybe not getting his comeups and um, seeing a majority of just Cody going into WrestleMania to face Roman Reigns. I think it's just definitely one of those things always in wrestling where we just have to see how it plays out. But I... It's a thing of like, you know, so many people have been rooting for Sammy for so long since his NXT days. And now that he is in the title scene for kind of sort of like he's in the the stratosphere of the title of the main title scene. I think a lot of people are now gunning for Sammy, but then there's Cody Rhodes. And that's a really great story to tell with him too, with with Dusty and his past with his family and now centering himself in a feud with a stable that is primarily all about family and blood the bloodline so it's a good story to tell but it's also i think for us like we're even more invested because it's like okay what is going to happen because this is probably in a long time this is probably one of the most unpredictable wrestlemanias all across mm -hmm. the board and especially with this 
uh, feud as well. So it's going to be fun to see it all play out, especially at the Elimination Chamber. Do you think that we will have another Montreal Screwjob 2.0? Ooh! <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because, of course, it is. Yeah, it is in Canada. So it could be another screw job in the sense that we haven't seen Kevin Owens in a while, right? And it's just, we haven't seen Kevin Owens since, you know, he got beat up by Roman Reigns. He lost his championship match at the Rumble. And then Sammy, you know, inserted himself, you know, and defended Kevin and was like, look, you don't have to do all of this. You don't have to beat him up, which ultimately cost, you know, Sammy his place in the bloodline. And since then, we really haven't seen Kevin Owens that much. So it's just like, I'm wondering if Kevin would come back, you know, and pose a threat to either Roman or um, Sami Zayn in that championship match at Elimination Chamber. Because he's historically, he has historically stabbed Sami Zayn in the back so many times that, you know, you you can't even count on both of your hands how many times they've, you know, fought multiple times. Like, you can't, you can't count it. But then at the same time, Sami is the same man who defended him when he really didn't have to. He could have, you know, just decided to attack him, hit him with the chair, and just solidify himself as the honorary ooze. But he didn't do that. So if there might be a screw job, I feel that Roman would need to worry about Kevin um, instead of Sammy worrying about Kevin. But at the same time, it's just kind of hard. It's hard to, you know, really predict because there's a lot of history between all three of them and there could be a screw job but it makes me wonder if it would come at the hands of kevin owens and if it did come at the hands of kevin owens would he screw over roman or would he screw over sammy that's a very good question so yeah it's really interesting stuff there i think it would be interesting to see if i think i think kevin owens would save sammy but i think the real question is is cody going to come out and interfere with that too because that's you know we haven't seen him interfere with this already with this story that's already happening with the bloodline um and he's declared that he wants to go after roman but i don't think we've seen him go face to face with roman yet it's been with paul Heyman, uh but we haven't seen Cody really interact with Roman Reigns. And since this is the Elimination Chamber is the last, I'm pretty sure it's the last pay-per-view until we get to WrestleMania. Um, you know, it would be interesting to see Kevin helping Sammy. And maybe there is a moment where it seems like Sammy is going to finally get Roman Reigns. And maybe Cody comes out and he stops Sammy. And he's like, no, like, I want to face this version of Roman I don't want to face you. I want the, these both, both these titles. And maybe that's how we get the mix up of, you know, breaking up the title. And then it's just one title and another title or Sammy jumps into the picture of WrestleMania. Again, this is so unpredictable. Like I know there's rumors again, circling. I said this last week on the podcast, there's rumors circling that um, it's going to be, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the Usos for the tag mm -hmm. titles at WrestleMania. I personally think that that would be a good match, but it's something I wouldn't want to see play out at WrestleMania. Um, but again, it's it's you know it's up in the air to to see what's really going to happen, you know, especially at Elimination Chamber. But you know, while we're on the topic of Elimination Chamber, we have to talk about the women. 
Yeah. We got to talk about the women. So uh, we've got the Women's Elimination Chamber. Natalia and Carmella solidified their ticket into the chamber. Uh, and the winner will go on to face Bianca Belair, who I can see in the back is your favorite. No, that's a Sasha Banks flag. Yeah, this yeah, this is a Sasha Banks <laughs> slash Mercedes Monet flag. I but thought, I do I, I do that was a Bianca flag. <laughs> yeah, but I do love Bianca though, for real. Like I love Bianca too. <laughs> like I have Bianca on my wall on the other side, actually. So both of them are here. They have a oh, presence. Okay. I can really <laughs> see the other wall. Wink wink, nudge yeah. nudge. No, I couldn't but <laughs> but I know that you you love Bianca. And so like how do you feel about this elimination chamber going forward? Who do you think is gonna be the worthy opponent for Bianca Belair at WrestleMania? Yeah. Um, here again, this was a moment like I was talking to you off camera where a lot of things are full circle um, and sort of tying into a lot of things that may or may not have happened years ago or even a year ago. And when you think about where Bianca Belair was a year ago, like she was trying to, you know, fight her way to the front of the line after Becky Lynch, you know, beat her in those terrible 26 seconds lord jesus it hurt um for the smackdown <laughs> women's title and then you had the trade-off and then becky became raw women's champion and you know bianca wanted her lick back but then becky was like get to the back of the line right and bianca fought her way to the front of the line she earned it at elimination chamber and she went on to win the title that she's held you know since last since this past wrestlemania and she has been an amazing champion a lot of people call her the new version of john cena because of everyone she's beaten and honestly in my book that if we are in a world where a black woman is the next john cena then we are in a good place but that's a but yeah, it's Black History Month, so I feel like I have the right to say that. I have Go the right off. to say that. I have the right to Go say that off. whenever, but it's Black History Month and it's my anniversary, so I can say whatever I want to now. Um, but no, moving but it's, on. It's, with... it's definitely true, right? Because, uh, yeah. you know, a woman like that in her position wouldn't usually have that. I think it's always a compliment if someone's comparing you to John Cena, no matter which era, if it's, you know, uh booing john cena or loving john cena uh, right you know i don't think that you can ever go against bianca belair because she's just putting on some fantastic matches even if you don't care about the feud like listen going into the royal rumble i'm gonna be honest didn't really care about the <laughs> alexa bliss feud um but when she came out that pop was enormous you know so it's it she you can't deny her star her star power um, you really can't you really really can't not at all not at all and for someone like her to be in that position of being the john cena of this time compared to so many other things like again the storyline that's happening in the main title with the bloodline the fact that she's getting that john cena push a little bit i think it's really great you know it is really great and then you know she fought her way to get it and it's not like you know it was handed to her she earned it you know fair and square and so with her, you know, showing up on Monday and telling the girls, you know, like, who's going to be able to face me? Because I've been in your position. I've been in your shoes. So now you guys have to fight in order to face me. Because when it comes to WrestleMania, you can't spell WrestleMania without EST. You can't. But a part of me just wants to know, like, which one of these women really are going to step up? Because a lot of people, you know, um, in the wrestling fandom and also, you know, even in journalism on various shows and stuff have also said they feel like, 
the women's divisions have been on the struggle bus a bit um, because, of course, they because of many reasons, of course, of missing a couple of stars um, in the form of Trinity and Mercedes, who did walk out. And you have a number of women who made their returns, of course, when the regime changed last year and it's like they're having to sort of work their familiarity up with the audience that's not necessarily familiar with them because they came through nxt or they were part of other stories that just weren't prioritized enough and then they were let go and then they came back so in the midst of that you you have Miyim, who is one of the best stars that they have because she's just, she has an amazing look. Like, she's really talented in the ring. That eat defeat is just amazing. And it's just, oh, like, it looks like it's painful. And it just looks like an amazing and cool move that someone would try to, like, imitate. But don't imitate it. Um, <laughs> and then... And then it's like you also have Natalia, you know, who's making her come back after being gone from dealing with a broken nose by Shayna Baszler, who's going around being a bully with Ronda Rousey, who's just disappeared now. Um, and she's looking to best. sort of, you know, <laughs> yeah, solidify her place, you know, back in back in the women's division because she feels like sometimes she's overlooked. Um and she's really talented. In fact, she's part of the reason why so many of these women have the success they have because they have to come through her. She either coaches them or she has to fight them in order to teach them a lesson. And she, you could argue that she deserves, you know, a shot at the top. And then with Elimination Chamber being in Canada, too, that also feeds into that as well. And then you also have Candice LeRae, who is one of those women looking to build up her notoriety as well but we know her from nxt and all the cool things that she did and also the cool things that she did before that but not the casual audience but at the same time she's still building herself back up and then you also have carmella who just came back too and i was really surprised that she won a lot the like the last spot i was just like really but i wasn't mm -hmm. angry either because she had been gone for so long dealing with personal issues and now she's back and she seems more sure of herself now so i'm just like okay and then she has experience in elimination chamber as well so you have that and you also have raquel who like all is you have raquel who's just a powerhouse you know and looking for her moment and she probably gave ronda one of the best matches that she's had on smackdown television weeks ago when she well last year when she was champion and then you have Liv, who always has a chip on her shoulder from having, like, the highest of highs from being Miss Money in the Bank and then being the SmackDown Women's Champion and then losing at Extreme Rules. And now she's just looking to hurt somebody and hurt herself in the process. Like, there are a lot of arguments. But then you have one strong buzzsaw of a woman named Asuka. <laughs> in the midst of it all, too, who, who has her attitude back. And her fear, you know, that she used to strike into the hearts of women back as well. And it's just so, so much into it. And I really feel like my favorite to win it all is Oscar because, you know, I feel like you don't become the most feared woman or you don't get that attitude back, you know, without a purpose. And I feel that Oscar deserves in a sense to get that sort of aura back and be that tough opponent for Bianca Belair to face at WrestleMania because the last big moment Oscar really had at WrestleMania was when she fought Charlotte Flair and infamously lost her undefeated streak if if you know memory serves me correctly because I really don't remember Oscar having any other WrestleMania moment like that 
So she would deserve that opportunity against someone like Bianca Belair. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like Bianca now could definitely have an amazing match with Asuka. But who could come out the winner is an entirely different conversation. But yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, it's, it's, um, I 1000% agree. I think that Asuka is the one to go forward to WrestleMania to face Bianca because I think that is a style that Bianca has not faced yet. That's a, that's a lethal opponent that Bianca hasn't faced yet. And, I think that that could be a really great matchup for her. And again, speaking of the John Cena, you know, status, um, I think that could be a match where it's like, okay, we've seen Bianca do it all in terms of styles in, in the ring. And I think with Asuka versus Bianca, who's going to win? That's going to be tough because I think that a lot of people would love to see Asuka win because I think that there are people that enjoy Bianca on the chase for the title rather than holding the title, which is a fair thing to say because Bianca plays a really good role in that department. And I think that Asuka does need, you know, a little more. A little more credit and a little more shine because like you said wrestlemania 33 she lost or no i'm sorry wrestlemania 34 she lost um and then the next year was 35 i don't think we really saw her at that i don't think and then um and then the next year becky relinquished her title and since she had the money in her bank then it was just like okay let's give it to oscar you know and she's been tag title and champion but i think this might be the time to give you know oscar the title and have her be a legit threat to the division but i think it is a slap in the face to the um smackdown women's division to have Rhea ripley win the royal rumble and she's on raw and she's going on to face the smackdown women's champion and then you know you have the elimination chamber and if oscar does win she is a part of you know the monday night raw roster so it's like what's going on with the smackdown roster with the smackdown women's roster you know and you have amazing talent there as well with Zia Lee, Shotzi, Raquel, as you as you mentioned before, you know, it's tough. I really want better for the for those women for sure, because it's like you know Charlotte is there, and Charlotte can be putting on really great matches with those women. It's just you're not giving, you're not allowing them the opportunity to do that. And there's a lot of people that have been waiting to see Zia Lee have a chance, to see Shotzi have a chance, uh, and Raquel as well. So. You know, it's a it's almost a double edged sword in that department. So you are absolutely right. You are right about that. You know, and in the Royal Rumble of it all, you know, I never even thought about that part of it. You are absolutely right. You know, because with Rhea winning, you know, and of course, when you win the Rumble, you can challenge whoever you want to. Um, It's like with her challenging Charlotte, it's like it's sort of leaving the other women sort of, you know, blank. And not having anything really to do, you know, outside of that. And that isn't fair um, in the sense that, you know, they work so hard, but then it's just like, there's really not that much for them to do after that point, which is where I almost fear that they might get thrown either into a women's tag thing 
um, which hasn't really had the best of direction in the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes me so sad because they do so much to try to, you know, of course, build up the TV shows as it stands. But then it's just like they're not given like a big opportunity to face off against these women like Charlotte. And then if they do face off against them, it's on it's on a two hour show like SmackDown and then Charlotte beats them. And then what's next? Yeah. And it's not fair. Um, but I am excited to see Rhea versus Charlotte because, of course, Rhea does have an axe to grind um, when it comes to Charlotte. Because it's like I was telling you off camera, like three years ago when I started the Hardy Wrestling Podcast, the Royal Rumble happened and Charlotte won it for the first time. And Rhea walked up to her and was like, look, if you're going to challenge somebody, challenge me for the NXT women's title because she was the champion there at the time. Um, and this was black and gold NXT. And I know people have their feelings. But, you know, <laughs> Charlotte challenged her at that WrestleMania. Mania, of course, this was during the pandemic, and she beat her for that title. And then mm-hmm. she also beat Rhea and Nikki A.S.H. for the Raw Women's title at SummerSlam in 2021, which was also the same SummerSlam that Becky beat Bianca. Mm-hmm. And I feel I tend to feel like people do forget that sometimes. So Rhea really does have an extra grind when it comes to Charlotte. And I am excited to see them fight again (laughs) three years later and just to see, you know, how that's going to work with it. And I feel like this might refresh Rhea in a whole new way because Rhea's been doing great stuff with the Judgment Day. Like she's been real devious and evil being mommy and all that. Like it's cute. (laughs) It's funny. You know, it's entertaining. But how are you going to stand on your own when it comes to you fighting these women? Like, what are you going to do when it comes to fighting in the division that you're originally supposed to really be in? Not saying that you, you know, can't fight with these men because I am a fan of you fighting these men because that's cool too. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But, you know, when it comes to the women's division, you haven't really been as focused, you know, outside of having the tag titles one good time with Liv. You know, outside of that, you haven't really been focused on dominance on your own. And at one point, she was that girl in NXT. She was the one who beat Shayna in yeah. NXT for that title. So I want to see that level of Rhea, like, turned up to, like, 11 when it comes to her versus Charlotte. Like, I want her and Charlotte to tear the house down in L.A., and I can't wait to see that. Yeah. Also, I'm a, I'm a proponent of them giving if they're not really doing anything with the women's tag division, they should combine those titles and create mid card titles at this point, because it's just sad, but yeah, that's my little rant about that. No, I, I, I agree with you because you know, at WrestleMania, what are we going to see for the women's tag titles? You know, the main titles are already spoken for so far with the tag titles who are we going to see face dakota and eo but at the same time you know uh this past monday night raw bailey and becky just had a steel cage match and lita was involved in that are we going to see that play forward at wrestlemania are we going to have bailey versus becky at wrestlemania um i would love to see something where we have you know bailey with a legend and then Becky with Lita and that's like a, a a tag match that would be amazing to see at it would yeah so I think that especially in that feud with Becky and Bailey a mid-card title would benefit that for sure yeah yeah and, and it would it would be cool if Becky and Lita decided to tag together and and beat and and beat up on EO and Dakota even though I know Dakota's injured right now or um whatnot like that would be sick 
yeah. to watch these two women who did fight each other last year, you know, come together like the next year and then win the tag titles. That would be sick, you know, for notoriety's sake. But, you know, um, I just feel like a mid-card title would just better suit, you know, these women who um, who are just able to stand on their own without really just being slapped together as tag teams just for a haphazard reason. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and also what a dream come true to tag with someone that you looked up to like when you were younger, you know, for Becky to possibly tag with with Lita and win the championships. That would be cool. If you had that opportunity, who would you want to be your tag partner? Ooh. <laughs> oh my God. That's such a crazy question it's a good question though it just came off the dome Steph (laughs) if I were I I'll give you my answer I think it would be a toss-up between uh Beth Phoenix and probably China you know oh yeah (laughs) those are some solid choices there I think I would choose either Jazz um or it would it would either be Jazz or Sensational Sherry. Oh, that's a good answer. Yeah, because a lot really of people don't answer. know that Sherry really was like an amazing wrestler before she gained more of her notoriety as a manager. But I would definitely like love for her like to be my tag team partner. Then we're both from the same city, too. So it would just, yeah. And we would call our team Big Bama Energy. And it would work. <laughs> it would work. It would work. I believe you. I absolutely believe that it will work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now I need to see that. No, you're right. A lot of people just put Sherry in a managing position, but not that many people know that she is a phenomenal wrestler. You know, that's, Mm -hmm. yeah, maybe some people do, but if if they don't, now they do. So... We're just uh we're just gonna have to wait and see you and uh possibly jazz. Jazz is a really good answer too. Like holy yeah. smokes, jazz is a great answer. I would love to see them induct jazz into the hall of fame. I would weep if that happened. <laughs> I would weep because I watched of her and Trish fight each other for so long in my childhood. Uh-huh. And then just and then just the other jazz, you know, had her retirement tour and I was actually able to commentate one of her matches. During her retirement tour, it would it would just it would destroy me. I would that would wreck me in my soul if I watched her get inducted to the Hall of Fame. I would love it. Oh my gosh, I think she absolutely deserves it. And like she had such an amazing retirement tour too. Uh, mm-hmm. I was I was expecting to see Jazz at the Royal Rumble. I was a little disappointed that I didn't because you know sometimes wrestling retirements. It's just a break. It's not really a retirement sometimes, but, uh, oh man. Yeah. That would be a good, um, uh, inductee for the hall of fame, especially this year, since it's in Royal, uh, it's in Hollywood and that's such a good platform for her to have as well. And, uh, I think it's rumored that Batista is going to headline the hall of fame. I'm not too sure what, is in the works for the hall of fame but man what a good platform for her to have and to celebrate her career you know yeah that would be sick but there are a lot of women that they do need to you know sort of get on in there like there's yeah. a lot so they are, is there, it, is there no telling who they'll choose this time yeah 
Yeah, there is a ton. Like Victoria should definitely, definitely be in there. Oh my gosh, yeah. There, there's a ton, and we love it. We love women's wrestling. Speaking of, wow. Tell me about it because you wanted to talk about it. Okay, so WOW, the only news that I really caught up with with uh, in terms of WOW is AJ Lee uh, and her role. So what is her role specifically in WOW? Because she's not wrestling, correct? No, AJ um, Mendez slash Lee um, is not Sorry. wrestling. She's in, oh, it's okay. It's okay. I keep it's okay. K-Fabe sometimes. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. We know it. She's AJ Lee in WWE lore. Um, <laughs> she is. She is an executive producer for WOW um, Superheroes as well as color commentator um, with Stephen Dickey and David McLean, who is the creator of WOW and also Glow as well. So that's how she serves them. And then sometimes, you know, they've alluded to the idea that she sort of goes out and sort of picks talent, you know, um, who wrestle in different areas like of the country, because I believe last episode or two episodes ago, she mentioned how she chose someone by the name of Jennifer Flores, who is, as it stands now, WOW's first Gen Z wrestler. Um, but in the independence, she's known as Jasmine Allure. And she was actually just on SmackDown a few weeks ago fighting Lacey Evans. So all of that is really interesting, you know, when you do watch Wild Superheroes. And I know it comes on on different times in different markets because it's in synd- in a level of syndication that I can't remember right now. But for me in Alabama, it comes on Saturdays at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And on Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet, I host the after show for it. And with Katrina um, from NCAT We Trust and Emily May Heller as well, um, we basically go over all of the action and there's just so much solid action in that one hour of women's wrestling that it's just you know it's really good and even though you have these characters that might sometimes you know be I guess if you would like imagine like a like any type of wild character from like the 80s or something like that it may look a little bit weird but where they grounded at is the fact that you hear the real stories of why these women you know got into wrestling and all of the ways in which they overcame multiple obstacles in their own lives in order to thrive and succeed in wrestling and not give up like for instance um the beast who was you know wild world champion at one point You know, I had no clue that she was a paramedic at one point, actually had multiple and actually has multiple siblings. Like you hear stuff like that and it just sort of endears you to these women or like Commander Sahara Spars, who's also known as Amber Rodriguez um, in the independence. Like she told her story above everything that she's had to, you know, overcome, including also being a mother, like also Americana too. She's a mother and a wild superhero too. When you hear stories like that, it makes you want to root for these women more and more. And then when you watch them in the ring, like they're amazing. Like, they're really amazing, and the production value of the show is really good. They up the ante. It seems like every few months they have something new that they've added to the production of the show. And it's just so good, and I just recommend that people do check it out. Because if you do love women's wrestling, man or woman, but mostly, of course, my women, please watch the show and just, you know, show love to women in sports, but definitely in wrestling. Like, if you haven't watched wrestling on time, you know, 
And if you want to watch women do it specifically, watch WOW because it is so good. These women are amazing athletes in and out of the ring. Um, they come from various backgrounds all over the country, all over the world. And they're fighting for gold that's very substantial. So please check it out. And their ratings, you know, here lately have been really high. And I'm really glad that that's going on, you know, for an all-female show in 2023 because the notion that a lot of people like to put out there is that people don't care about women's wrestling, but we all know that's a bold phase that, line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So please I support mean, it, you know. Yeah. That's that's bullshit. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's utter, you know, bullshit that people are saying that there's no uh you know drive for women's wrestling and nobody cares about women's wrestling it's just like you know it's it's and it's only inside of this wrestling bubble where that argument exists because when you break the wrestling bubble and you venture out into the mainstream world a lot of people know more about the women's wrestlers than they do about anybody else and that's that's a hard fact to face that not a lot of people want to face uh inside of this wrestling bubble because it is true you know i there was a while ago when i i you know my past life when i when i was bartender um I had a few people, like a few of my regulars knew I was a wrestling fan and they would come into the bar and they'd be like, so Ric Flair's daughter is wrestling right now? And I'm like, oh yeah, let me tell you about her, you know? And then I would show them clips of, of Charlotte Flair and they're like, like, holy shit, that's so cool, you know? Like, oh my gosh. And, and I feel like more people in the mainstream universe is more interested in women wrestling than, than they do of men. I don't think that's always the case, but for my experience and the, and the people that I've spoken to who are not wrestling fans, they find more interest in the women wrestling than they do with the men wrestling. And that's just a fact, you know? Like, my tattoo artists they uh they asked me of course what i do and i told them what i do and and they were like well okay so who's someone who i should look out for and at the time i think i was like gearing up to interview jade cargill and i was already doing research on jade cargill and i was like you you should check out jade and i showed them you know all of jade's outfits as as jade from mortal kombat as as a uh, storm from x-men and and the she-hulk and and my tattoo artist was like um yeah i'm a fan immediately followed jade on instagram immediately watched some of her matches immediately watched uh a day in the life that they did for complex with jade and aew uh and then that's when my tattoo artist was like so who is this daniel bryan you know, my tattoo artist knew Jade Cargill before Daniel Bryan, who is considered right. at this point a wrestling god. And I think that that is something that a lot of people that don't know how to escape the wrestling bubble can't comprehend, you know, because I know it is hard to talk to other people outside of this bubble about wrestling. It's hard to find other people in the real world outside of the Internet who enjoy wrestling at the same level that you do. But a lot of people will want to venture into wrestling because of how the women are doing, you know, because a lot of people that were fans back in the day only remember women's wrestling because of the bra and panties matches. And we've evolved so much since then, where now they're t 10 times more interested in women, you know, especially when you show them someone like Bianca Belair. Um, and I firsthand saw her star power when we followed her at City Field and my gosh, 
everyone in that building knew exactly who she was and it was not because you know she it was wwe night no they knew her you know like they knew the college that she attended they knew her background her track and fields like it's because she's a fascinating entity in professional wrestling and the women are a fascinating entity in professional wrestling to the mainstream eyes sometimes and that's probably a hard hard pill some people have to swallow in in this in this community you know yeah and then Oh, and I'm sorry. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off. And then to add further to that conversation, you have people who get into women's wrestling, you know, in through outside entities, like because a lot of people I feel like sometimes in the wrestling fandom have a tendency to underestimate the um, impact of the reality shows. Like with the with Total Divas, with Total Bellas, with Nikki Bella says I do, and all the others. Like I feel that they have a tendency to sort of underestimate reality TV as a whole because there's always like this negative stigma towards it, which is of course outside of wrestling doesn't necessarily have to do with it. But at the mm-hmm. same time, when you have you know women who may not necessarily watch wrestling, but then you see these other women with this other entity that you like to watch because women really do love reality shows and men too you know let's not pretend um (laughs) it's just like when they watch the reality shows it makes them interested in our wrestling world and then once you you know combine the two you know you wind up creating you know a fan of both and i find that sometimes when it comes to the mainstream when wrestling tries to reach out to the mainstream i feel i find that we have a tendency to be a little bit gatekeepy about that and that's not fair because in order for wrestling to continue to grow and in order for this thing that we love or say that we love so very much to continue to grow new people deserve to give it a chance um so you know any other way that people can get into women's wrestling or wrestling as a whole like i'm all for it as long as it's progressive and positive and healthy so yeah like to speak to your point about um outside and mainstream entities with that like and then with women's wrestling too and i feel like that's another place where wow you know gives you that space because watching hours sometimes of wrestling can be really hard for people due to scheduling and stuff wow is like an hour (laughs) on the weekend (laughs) like on a saturday or something or whatever day it comes on for you and you can if you can dedicate or carve out you know a little bit of time to watch that and fast forward through your commercials or whatnot Mm -hmm. then you can watch that amazing action and not be bored with it and the stories are really cool and cute too so it's just like it never like you'll 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 never want for anything when you're watching wow superheroes or or anything like women's wrestling army or stuff like that like women's wrestling is important and it's and it matters and it's a thing and we should all be watching and we should all be paying attention to it yep i absolutely agree and now uh you know reality tv is about to start popping off too because bianca belair is going to have a reality show right now too and once she has her reality tv show i believe it's on hulu man it's a wrap you know there's so many so many people are gonna you know really get into her and the reality show because like you said you know a lot of a lot of people whether they want to you know accept it or not Total Divas did do an impact for the women's, you know, demographic in wrestling. And even to this day, you know, there are young indie wrestlers who got into wrestling because of Total Divas, because of Total Bellas. And 
I mean, look at our NXT Women's Champion. She was 13 years old when she was on Total Divas, you know? So it's, you know, everyone wants to say, you know, Roxanne is great. But then when you say, you know, oh, but she was inspired by Total Divas, people want to deny it. And I don't, I don't see why you could ever deny it. But they won't deny it when it comes to Bianca Belair, which takes us to our next segment on the podcast called Shoot or boot so oh stephanie we're gonna play a game uh we are going to shoot and boot some bianca belair gears i asked my twitter what are some of their favorite bianca gears what are some of their least favorite bianca gears i also you know said that as well i don't think that we are going to have any boots for this game because Bianca Belair never misses. So we're going to go over some of her gears. Uh, obviously she does, she does make her gears. So let's get the game started. Stephanie, are you ready? I am ready. Oh my God. I'm so excited. This is going to be fun. First we have this infamous gear from SummerSlam 2022. Thoughts, Stephanie. I loved it because I love denim. Um, <laughs> I love denim, first of all. So it's just like, and then I also loved the um, the frills on it everywhere. Like considering this was where, this was in um, Tennessee, which is of course where she's from. Like it definitely was giving like cool, cool country Tennessee girl. And the denim and the sparkly like, accessories in her hair like it was just perfect for me and then when you look at some of the camera like the pictures of her in the ring when she was like standing up with her hands on her hips she looked absolutely fantastic in that outfit like she looked like she was about to handle some business in a very gritty way and then of course if you watch that match back like she really did you know her and becky tore the house down so i say shoot this is i love it why did you say it was infamous it's infamous (laughs) Oh, it's infamous in my heart because I always think about it, really. In- oh. Infamous? Maybe not infamous in a bad way. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, who words had are anything hard bad to say sometimes. about this outfit? No, no, just words are hard for me sometimes. That's really it. I grew up in the New York education system, so that should tell you a lot. Um, but <laughs> uh, stay quiet in the way that, that I've never uh, stopped thinking about this outfit. It is an absolute shoot. The fringe... Uh, that's going on with her legs. I mean, she's got chaps. Yeah, she's got chaps. Like, how can it get any better than that? Her hair, the diamonds in her hair, looks phenomenal. And my God, can she pull off a red lip? Definitely, just uh, unbelievable. Love unbelievable. it. And also, that match was so fire. I loved that match. I think I enjoyed that match more than I enjoyed their WrestleMania match. Oh my God, the match was good, but. Oh, that's hard to say, though, because that WrestleMania match was a banger. But, you know, I do believe I have watched the SummerSlam match back a little bit more than I have the WrestleMania match. But when I watch the WrestleMania match, I would tend to watch Bianca's entrance more than I do the match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because the yeah. entrance was so cool. Oh, gosh, and I felt yeah. seen. It was so good. <laughs> well, we're definitely going to get to that gear uh, soon. But next, we have what she wore this past Monday Night Raw. This cheetah print moment with the puffy jacket, the sunglasses, the knee-high tie-up boots. 
Um, I saw this uh, yesterday and, again, cannot stop thinking about it. Uh, God damn, she looks so good. <laughs> I'm not sure if she made this one, but my goodness, she looks amazing. What do you think, Stephanie? I couldn't stop thinking about this outfit either. And when she came out in it, I was just like, oh, she's got some, you know, of course, she's got her abs going on and she's got the necklace. But when she had them thighs out, I was like, girl, okay. I know I love she's it. been experimenting with shorts. I love it. And she looks amazing. And then, okay, this is going to sound real crazy, but... Um, when she was talking that the camera angle, you know, posed like and showed like the back of the outfit and the back of the outfit was insane. And it reminded me of Beyonce's song on the Renaissance album called Thick. And oh, you yeah. can do with that what you will. And that outfit really accentuated all of her thickness in, in the front and the back because Miss Ma'am had the yams. And I was just like, come on, come through, come through, yeah. get thick. Come on. I loved it. So this is a shoot. This is a yeah. shoot. This is the outfit I wish I could wear. <laughs> the thing is, is I, I do as well. I can never pull it off. But the thing is, is that if you took away, if you take away the championship, she still looks like a champion. Yes. Right? Like she in this, and I think in all of her other gears, she legitimately always looks like a superhero. Mm-hmm. She looks great. It's a shoot. Okay, moving on. We've got the Royal Rumble 2021. It's this comic book gear. Uh, it says Slay with the little comic book like pow, pow, pow. I love it. It's super cute. She's got the signature red lipstick and the EST crying, pointing at the WrestleMania sign. Crowd goes wild. And by crowd, I mean the Thunderdome. Stephanie, yes. you blushed. What do you think about this? <laughs> this moment makes me so happy every time I think about it because I wanted her to win this so bad. <laughs> I wanted her to win this so bad. And when she did, I was just so elated and I knew who she was going to go for. I just knew it. Um, but either way, I love the outfit because the general theme of the Royal Rumble that year was comic booky. Like for all the flyers that they put out before, like they put out a flyer and it was very comic booky and it showed a lot of the superstars, you know, doing flips and kicks and all of that, you know, hitting their finishing moves. And they had the comic book theme. And so the idea that she made this outfit to fit the theme of it with the word slay, knowing full well that this was going to be her moment, like it just gives me like just just chills. And I just love I love comic book outfits like this. So this is a shoot. This is a shoot. I loved it. It was great. The blue and, and the red and everything, of course, made the lipstick pop and her crying with that outfit was just amazing. And she did slay throughout that entire match. She really did. Like, oh, yeah. she held it together. She really, really did slay. I've, again, this shooting boot, you're not going to find any boots because Bianca never misses. This gear, uh, I love that she wore this gear because this is a perfect gear to solidify your history going towards WrestleMania because the Royal Rumble really is just such an iconic pay-per-view and this is a perfect perfect gear for her to wear and i mean mama slayed she slayed <laughs> mm -hmm. next we have oh god wrestlemania the wrestlemania marching band gear this is another one that people 
kept suggesting for the shoot and boot. I mean, I fell in love with this gear. The little bow. I love the bow because it reminds me of Minnie Mouse. Um, she, again, red is absolutely her color. I love the little shoulder pads. It almost reminds me of... Um, like the Michael Jackson, like it sort of, sort of looks like the Michael Jackson rip with the black and the, and the shoulder pad, uh, gold shoulder pad. But this moment meant so much to you. Walk us through it. Well, this moment meant a lot to me because I was watching this WrestleMania with my boyfriend and his brother and um, him and his brother both marched in the Alabama State um, University marching hornets, the mighty marching hornets. And being around that, you know, sort of atmosphere when you're in high school and in middle school, of course, when you're going through the recruitment process of college, you know, you're looking at a lot of these colleges. And of course, a lot of them, as a Black person, you're looking at HBCUs, of course. So, this was all I was surrounded by growing up, all the parades and everything, because here in Birmingham, we have a special football game called the Magic City Classic, where Alabama State plays Alabama A&M from um, another area in Alabama, a city that I'm blanking on right now, and I'm sorry, but um, it's uh, it's an over 90-year tradition, so mm-hmm. experiencing that my entire life and watching the glitz the glam and the grandeur of marching bands my entire life black marching bands my whole life yeah um this outfit meant a lot to me because she was showing that even though she may not have attended an hbcu proper because she went to tennessee she that was still very much a part of her upbringing and the fact that she was able to pull this outfit off you know and show this level of representation just blew my mind and then I know it meant a lot to my boyfriend and his brother as well because they are still very much a part of the culture of course going to various events with um battle of the bands and certain things like that um and just being surrounded by that you know it just made me get chills and then watching her entrance with Texas Southern which is also the HBCU that Megan the Stallion graduated from that year as well with her degree um, in health administration, that was an even bigger moment for them too. So I was just like, and then they were in Texas. So I was like, this is amazing. And then when you saw the drum majors, you know, bow to her as she came out, I just got, I get chills every time I watch it back. Cause it was almost like they were bowing to her as if she was, she is a queen, you know, she's the queen of all of us. She's the queen of WWE. She's the EST of all of us, you know, and she's a beautiful representation like she's a beautiful representation of being unapologetically black in wrestling and seeing this just it makes it gives me chills every time I see it because this was this it just spoke to me on a deep level of something that I've experienced my whole life and then to see it manifesting in wrestling now it's just it just never stops amazing me and then that band did such a good job on on her theme song like they played it so well it was it was just immaculate it was so this is a shoot i'm sorry absolute no 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 shoot shoot absolute shoot this the entrance i had the absolute privilege of being there in person during this entrance and again bianca bianca's pop anywhere she goes any event is 
so loud. But when the band came out and they played her out, it was such a special moment in that stadium as well. Cause you can just, you can feel how one excited everybody was for this match between Bianca and Becky, but you can also feel the energy in that stadium and how glued they were to this entrance and it was like you said you took the words right out of my mouth you know it was a phenomenal entrance and you know once we're done with this podcast i'm probably gonna have to shoot on over to youtube and watch that entrance again because it is like it has to be one of the greatest entrances not only in wrestlemania history but in professional wrestling history it meant so much to so many people to so many of my friends and again like it's so wonderful to see so many people look up to bianca belair because man i'm telling you she is such a star cannot stop saying it yeah this is this might be a super shoot this might definitely be a super shoot. yeah <laughs> definitely yeah for sure for sure um oh okay, god so this next. one we have, I love this one, and this was suggested on Twitter. Um, we have the NXT TakeOver New York uh, outfit. I believe this is NXT TakeOver New York. Yes, I think it is. And uh, she wore gear of her wrestling <laughs> other people. Basically, she wore gear of her beating other people's asses. Uh <laughs> I think it's an automatic shoot. I mean, that's pretty intimidating to walk into a wrestling match and your opponent is wearing your face on their gear and it's, uh, you know, your face getting kicked in uh, by your opponent. And it's giving me a little Rick Rude vibes as well. This is a shoot. What do you think? Yeah, I believe this is a really good shoot because, I mean... How creative do you have to be to include pictures of you beating up on your opponents multiple times on an outfit like that? I feel like that's not only a cute outfit, but I feel like that's another way to just get in the head. Like you said, like Rick Rude, another way to get in the head of your opponents. And she had a lot to prove here in this match right here. Like she really beat up two women right here and did a KOD on two women and lifted them. This is where we saw a lot of her strength, like just manifest here. So this was amazing. So I'll definitely give this one a shoot. Yeah, this is, this is an immediate shoot. It's so good. Again, that red lip, that girly can pull off that red lip. Yeah, this is a definite shoot. So, uh, so next we have Royal Rumble 2020. I believe this is her first Royal Rumble appearance. And she came out in this uh, this black gear, which she has described that she made it herself. I remember, um, I'm pretty sure this was the one where she wore like a chain jacket. And she was saying like the jacket was so heavy on her. I love that she wore this black lip. And this Royal Rumble appearance was such a strong appearance, especially since it is your first Royal Rumble appearance. It is such a strong, uh, you know, way to get in it because I remember she eliminated everyone and the countdown happened and Charlotte Flair was coming out and she was like, Bianca was sweating a little bit and it was a fantastic moment. 
Um, you know, we don't really usually, we usually do see her in a lot of red, but this is a nice switch up. The chains on the hip, I absolutely love. It's a shoot. Yeah, I feel like this one, this picture and this outfit actually gained her a lot of mileage because before she won the titles and before she was called up to the main roster like properly, they used this picture for a lot of things, <laughs> for a lot of merchandise, for a lot of the calendar shoots that they did for her, even for, I believe, her jacket um, that Chalkline sold, they used this um, gear. So this yes, yeah, this outfit had an action figure too. Sorry to interrupt, but <laughs> yeah, this outfit, figure. yeah, this outfit had a lot of mileage on it, and it's not you know big and bold and bright, you know, like the others, mm -hmm. but it's beautiful in its simplicity. And here again, it's another another me and my boyfriend moment because it's like the colors for Alabama State are black and gold, and he loves black and gold, so it's just like bye. So by connection wise, it's like black and gold is a beautiful combination of colors. So this was beautiful. And then it's just like here again, the whole three year thing. Um, When I started my podcast, like I was so excited to see her in this Royal Rumble um, because I just loved everything she was doing at the time. Like I wanted her to be an NXT Women's Champion. Like I was really like pushing for her to do that. And then on top of that, she wound up breaking a record for um eliminations i believe in this one i think she did it's since been broken but i'm pretty yeah. sure that this was the one where she did have the most eliminations Mm-hmm. like it was beautiful like this moment was amazing and this gear was was really great and like i said it had a lot of mileage on it it's a very timeless and simple um gear that she's you know created so yeah this is a shoot it's it's a very beautiful simple shoot yeah. And I, I like that you say that this is such a subtle gear, too, because there's not anything that's screaming uh, out to you with this gear. And it's almost as like, you know, I'm this is me. I'm here. I'm not going to have anything too flashy, but I am going to show out with my ring skills. You know, at this time she was an NXT um, and she, and for someone in NXT in her position, who one was never NXT women's champion, but for right. someone like her who came out so early at the Royal Rumble and lasted for so long in the Royal Rumble is huge in my eyes, at least. And you can tell that, you know, everyone in creative definitely saw her becoming a mega star. And yeah, it's a shoot. Look how good she looks. Next, it oh, is Lord. WrestleMania 37. <laughs> this is uh, when she faced off and main evented WrestleMania against Sasha Banks, aka Mercedes Monet. Uh, this gear I absolutely loved. This was a suggestion on Twitter, and uh, someone did say that this gear was a little underwhelming for a WrestleMania appearance. I'm going to wholeheartedly, uh, absolutely disagree. I think that she has had better years since this WrestleMania, but the fact that this is, you know, the WrestleMania where she's going after the title, she's main eventing WrestleMania at that. I love the gear. I see nothing wrong with her gear and her her ring. 
jacket almost reminded me of Macho Man Randy Savage in a way. Um, but th I mean, you can't deny this gear is just phenomenal. The material, the fabric is is lovely. This purple is amazing on her. The EST in the front with the fringe is phenomenal. What do you think, Stephanie? Yeah, um, I remember watching her YouTube video where she was talking about how she was making the gear. Um, and I know a lot of people, you know, were trying to like, it was rumored that a lot of people were pointing out, you know, oh, well, this was inspired by this person. And because it was, and because this was the first time two black women ever made a video of WrestleMania, a lot of people rumored that she was paying tribute to either Jazz or so many other women at a time. And I don't know how true that is. Um, if so, then that's great. But if not, then that's fine too. Um, here again, this is another one where simplicity actually works too because it's like mm -hmm. she was talking about the theme of her gear was watch me shine like in her theme song and she was shining with her jacket on with the diamonds you know of course with the diamond um bow tie and with mm -hmm. of course the diamond encrusted est on her braid and of course all the diamond fringes and stuff on the outfit like even though it was um it's very a very simple outfit with a lot of shiny elements to it. It got the point across creatively. Her lipstick matched with it. Like this matched the moment because when you think about when I think about black women and sometimes, you know, when we think about royalty, we always equate equate it to purple. I believe that's all around, but definitely in my community, when you wear purple, it's like a sense of, you know, you're stepping out into you being a full royal person or full you know the full totality of your womanhood when you're wearing purple so it's just like this made sense to me because this was her moment like this was the first time she was ever main eventing a, a wrestlemania like she this was it and this was a historic moment for her and for mercedes they were main eventing wrestlemania and having this moment you know of representation for black women which of course carried carried us carries us currently even now into this day where we're watching black women do so many amazing things in wrestling and so this gear got the point across she was shining and this was her shining moment this was her crowning glory this was the moment where she won her first title um so i'm not i don't necessarily think this was underwhelming i think if it fit the moment just right and then when you think about on the back of the outfit she sewed on like a badge that said y'all gonna get this black girl magic today mm -hmm. that's enough right there it's simple yet it's straight to the point yeah so that's a shoot yeah this is definitely a shoot absolutely agree with you on that okay moving on the final gear <laughs> it is the ultimate Bianca Belair gear. This was the gear that a lot of people suggested for this segment. It is the Black History gear that she wore for NXT TakeOver Phoenix. Just absolutely amazing. Like, come on. Like, come on. This is a shoot, you know? It's, it's just so good. Yeah. She looks like a, she looks royal. She looks regal. Yeah, like <laughs> it's so funny. You know, it's like 
the segue, the purple. Like, it's like you said, she done. Like, she really did look royal with this outfit. She had on, like, this, this, I don't know. I've seen this neck part before, like, in something else. I know, I think, I, I believe at some point I saw Beyonce use it in one of our music videos for Black is King, I think. Oh. Um, It was beautiful. Like, her boots matched, everything matched. Like, I remember watching this takeover, um, and this this takeover, I believe, this was in 2022 um, as well. And it's just like when I watch it back and look at this outfit, I was I was happy that she did this, but then I, I couldn't believe that they were letting her do this. Cause I had never because up until that point, I had never really seen anyone really represent black history in such a big way and in a Mm-hmm. bold way um with gear and regardless you know regardless of whatever because i know sometimes there are a couple of fans who have a tendency to sort of like look down on this type of thing because they don't understand the point of it and all of the above but mm-hmm. you know that's a them thing that's a them problem um <laughs> but when i saw it i just couldn't believe my eyes and i thought it was so beautiful and then when she came out with the cape that said black history in the making it's like she said what needed to be said and then when you think about you know her family history like there's so much of her family history in which making black history is actually like a part of her lineage like in a very deep way um so the idea that she made this outfit and it was so bold like I felt like she was gonna win this night. Like if she beat Rhea Ripley and went on to face Charlotte um in that WrestleMania, I would have been so happy if she had had that moment and that and that would have been amazing. But it wound up not happening that way. But either way, this was a beautiful moment and it had an incredible um and unapologetic statement here that she is black history in the making. Like she spoke that into existence, like and she has been you know, over the past few years, like even in NXT and even when she got called up, she has been black history in the making. And I'm just so happy that she had this moment. Like I'll never forget how after this match, she took pieces of this outfit and sold it, you know, on t-shirts. And then when, and that was limited edition. And then when she wasn't selling the pieces of the outfit anymore, she just had regular t-shirts made with the phrase on it. And I actually bought it and I still have it. Um, So, this outfit really did make me, you know, fall head over heels for her even more. I even named one of my earlier episodes after this phrase. It was my third episode, as a matter of fact. I named my third episode of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast Black History in the Making because of this outfit. This outfit changed me. Um, It, it had me by the throat. So, shoot. Yeah. I, I will probably say that this outfit was a cultural reset in professional wrestling it was um absolutely absolutely i didn't know that she um so she took part of this gear and put it onto a shirt and sold it yeah like she took pieces of the gear and sold it onto a t-shirt like her and i believe her and montez had their own little shop at some point Okay. Um, years ago, before she got called up to the main roster, and she was selling like little knickknacks, like earrings and stuff that she would, I, I believe that either she would make or, like I believe she made them, and she would have sunglasses, earrings, d- different jewelry like that, and she wore, and she actually made 
had t-shirts made with the pieces of that gear that said black history in the making and it was limited edition so you can only get like so few at a time so mm. yeah well, I did not know that at all. That's so cool because, again, she makes her own gear. So that's cool that she was like, you know what? I'm going to share this gear with so many other of my fans. And like you said, she manifested that. You know, she is Black history in the making. And she did because, what, uh, a year later, not even a year later, she went on to win the Royal Rumble and she went on to main event WrestleMania. Yes, even like, though we were all... Even though a lot of us were kind of collectively mad that she was never NXT Women's Champion, we was like, blah, why? But, you know, it worked out in the end. <laughs> it worked I out. I know. I know. Because especially at this time, I was hoping that she was going to get <laughs> thrown in in that WrestleMania match between uh, Charlotte Flair and Rhea for the NXT Women's Championship. And then she call got called up to the main roster. And I felt the same way. I was like, damn, I really would love to see her, you know, be NXT Champion at, at some point. But uh, she didn't need it. It's safe to say she didn't need that title. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. There's a lot of, you know, in it, there's a lot of women on the main roster now who never won the NXT Women's title and they're doing just fine. So yep. it's okay. Exactly. It is safe to say that a lot of the women right now are making history on the main roster. Stephanie, what are your hopes with the future of women's wrestling? Well, um, my hopes for the future of women's wrestling is that, you know, there are more opportunities for us to shine. Um, I'm saying us like I be in action, like I fight. I don't fight. Um, <laughs> no, I but just... you are a woman in wrestling. You know, you're yeah, a woman you're right. in wrestling media. You count. You count. Yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> you're right. Well, <laughs> thank you for that. Um, for women's wrestling in athleticism, I just want, you know, continual um, equality, whether that is, of course, you know, more opportunities and more, you know, titles to show, to showcase more of their talent instead of just scrambling and fighting for one title on each show, or whether that means um, you have multiple women's matches instead of one on an independent show, or whether that means that you have more women on in the intellectual space in terms of writing the stories and writing more believable stories for women to have, and also on commentary, um, like hint, hint me, um, hire me, um, <laughs> or like, even if it comes to like, not even just with, in, with like interviewing and also with mediation, with various, you know, pre-shows, like let women come on and actually give their two cents the way that you let the men do, you know, on pre-shows and stuff like that. Like, I just want, you know, equal opportunities for all women in all areas of wrestling, whether it be on the athletic side, the referee side. And also in the intellectual space as well. Like, I just want more growth for us to really show that we, you know, can run this and that we know just as much, if not more than the men do, and that we deserve the opportunity to show that. So that's what I'm hoping for. And then selfishly, I'm hoping for more of an opportunity for me um, to have bigger and better opportunities for continued growth on my end so that I can make this like a full on full time life. So just talking about wrestling because it makes me really happy so well we are manifesting that for you stephanie we are putting that energy out there you are celebrating your three-year anniversary and that is that is a huge milestone 
to have that continuity and continue on. And I do believe that you are going to be a strong force in the wrestling media world. You're already off to a phenomenal start. So sky's the limit for you. But if anybody is watching this, who wants to hire you? Where can they find you? Where can they hear more from you? Well, thank you so much for those lovely words. I appreciate that so much. Um, if anybody's looking for me to hire me or just want me on their show or just whatever, if you want to talk wrestling or stuff like that, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Queen Steph Hardy. Um, you can also find my podcast, The Hardy Wrestling Podcast, everywhere you listen to shows. You can also um, subscribe to the YouTube channel, The Hardy Wrestling Podcast. It's a beautiful pink, purple, and white logo. Um, so please look for that and you can find all of my videos there. Um, and you can also check me out on Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet, every Monday for the WOW Superheroes After Show with um, Katrina from NCAT We Trust and Emily May Heller, who is also an amazing correspondent in various wrestling um, entities. And you can find me on the SmackDown and Rampage After Show with our editor-in-chief, Drian Santana. Um, and just and also you can check out a number of my articles that I've written for our website at www.topod.com because I'm getting into my writing um, stuff too. So you can check that out as well. So Ooh, She's in her writing era. Watch out. Yeah. Out articles. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm doing all the things and also if you want me for commentary you can just um just go on the links to all of my stuff and you can just find out you can either dm me or email me either way you can find me everywhere so yep absolutely and pay up the rate and whatever you're charging for your rate double that double oh. it because <laughs> you deserve it that's why <laughs> yes all of that please yes i'm saying it at least i'm i'm letting the people know to pay you more because they should because you're amazing and you deserve it that's why thank you <laughs> <laughs> well stephanie thank you for joining me today it was a pleasure it was a pleasure you are mm -hmm. welcome it was a pleasure i just Do wish you? we could end this podcast with a hug Oh, <laughs> see, see, just know that my heart is hugging you, okay? Because okay. it's like my heart is hugging. Okay. Feel it. I believe it. I believe it. And I feel it in my soul. Yes, feel it. <laughs> just, just feel the hug in the heart until until we meet again. <laughs> yes, until <laughs> until we meet again. <laughs> yes.